that are joining us online, we welcome you. We're, uh, Pastor Murray and I are, uh, have embarked in a little different kind of a series. We're wanting to help people understand the most important part of our daily life. We believe that's personal worship to the Lord. And I just want to say how critical it is that we understand that this is not a ritual, that it's not some kind of a form. It's about from the heart, giving glory and learning how to express that in a proper and positive way. And so tonight we're going to do a few uh, different things than normal, and uh, we are looking forward to what God is going to do. This is part three. If you didn't have an outline yet, if you raise your hand, the ushers will see that you get one for tonight's study. We want to make sure everyone is able to track with us. Thank you so very much. This is part three of our study, and we, of course, are focusing on the bottom line, the most important part of your daily life. And um, I was, um, the, Bonnie, Bonnie and I were home the other day, and um, <clears throat> I received this call, and usually if I don't recognize the number, if it's out of, out of town number, you know, we, uh, we don't answer it readily, but because um, we get lots and lots of calls at our house. And, uh, but uh, this, is what the, this is what the person said on the phone to me when I answered. You've been selected by a medical professional in your area, given your age, to receive a medical alert device. You know how when people fall and I can't get up? I thought, how thoughtful that these people at my advanced age would be so interested in, in my health and my stability. They said it was the most important thing I could consider doing was getting one of those devices that I could push if I fell and down and couldn't get up. And um, so <clears throat> you probably don't want to hear the rest of the repeat of the conversation, but I was, I was very kind and, and, and but to the point, praise God. Uh, there, are, there are lots of important things that you and I should concern ourselves with, but tonight I want to talk about our primary purpose. The greatest story that you and I will ever hear is what the songwriter called the wondrous story. And we're going to intersperse some worship between our teaching tonight. So let's sing about the wondrous story. I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me, how he left his home in glory for the Calvary. Yes, I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory gathered by the crystal sea. I was lost, but Jesus found me through his loving arms of grace. still come o'er me sorrow's path i often tread but the savior still is with me by his hand i'm safely led he will keep me till the river rolls its waters at my feet then he'll bear me safely over where the loved ones i shall meet yes i will see the wondrous story of the Christ of Calvary. 
amazing truth in that song. Lots of songs are important to sing, and songs will change, and there's lots of different things that happen. But this particular song, whether you like the melody or not, declares the great truth of God's Word, the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. And He's the one who helps me in sorrow in moments of trouble, and one day he'll come again. What a great song to sing about God's greatness. The Word of, of God is clear that our first obligation and focus and priority is to be mindful of what God wants. He's the one who made us. We've got a lot of issues we could talk about tonight. A lot of passion about politics or changes in Washington or here at the state level or your favorite sports team or how they might have done today. <clears throat> but uh, tonight, let's talk in terms, I want to focus on the baptism in the Holy Spirit and what that means regarding our worship. You know, sometimes people talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and they go, you know, you people are pretty, pretty deep in the woods. Uh, you Pentecostal people, because in our faith or in our, in our liturgy and our way of thinking, that is not something we practice and we feel like if you're doing that, you are, um, you are way off. Well, tonight I want to help, uh, help people understand exactly why the baptism in the Holy Spirit is so essential for our worship and what it means. And we want to be a very practical help tonight to people to be powerful in their worship and to enjoy the presence of the Lord. The reason God has given the Holy, Holy Ghost baptism, I want to talk about that for a moment. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is intended for every believer. Would you say every? For every believer who has professed Christ as Savior. Jesus instructed the disciples to receive the infilling of the Spirit. He told them to do it. Now, why would the King of Kings give instructions to do something that some say is demonic? I've heard people on the radio. I remember traveling one night on the way from uh, Eastern Shore, Maryland, back to Virginia, and I was driving. It was late at night. It was 2 o'clock in the morning or so, and I heard this radio preacher. I don't want to repeat his name, but he was telling about uh, the Pentecostal people, and he was saying how... Uh, Praying in other tongues is demonic, and, and, and of course, I was, I was speaking to the radio real loud. Of course, it helped me stay awake, and, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, Jesus, I want, to, I want to take you through what Jesus said about it, because how can something Jesus instructed you and me to do be so wrong in the eyes of some, some people who, so, who are so-called theologians? In, in Luke uh, chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus said, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Stay in the city. In other words, don't launch out into your ministry until you've received this gift my Father has promised. Now, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an operation of the Spirit distinct from and separate from regeneration. In other words, it is not the same as being born again. 
It's an additional work, a separate work that the Holy Spirit will do in your life and mine. And I, I'll read to you from Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. John has baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out, but he told them to wait for it. And thank God, the Holy Spirit has now come. It came on the day of Pentecost as 120 waited in the upper room uh, following the instructions of our Lord. And because it has come, now there is no need to tarry. There's no need to wait. There's no need to beg and say, I wonder when, God. The Holy Spirit has been given. He's here. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, you can be and should be and will be if that's your desire. Praise God. The reason God has given the baptism, let me just highlight a couple of these things tonight as we worship tonight. First of all, to worship the Lord. Being filled with the Holy Spirit enables the believer to worship the Lord in a manner that glorifies God. Now notice with me on the day, Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them, wouldn't you say that with me? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. Later down into verse 8. How is it that each one of us is hearing them in our native language? What was happening? There were people from all over the known world that had gathered that didn't speak, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the local language of the day, whether it be Aramaic or, or, uh, or, uh, or Jewish language. Uh, and, and so <clears throat> they come from Arab countries, they come from Turkish places, they come from places where there's a different language totally, and while they're there, they're hearing people all around them that are not Turks or not Arabs or, or not uh, from other places in Europe or Macedonia, they're hearing them in their own tongues, in their own language, they're hearing them give glory to God, and then, you know, when you hear somebody do that and they're not from that country, you go, how did that happen? And uh, so that's what's happening in verse 8. Now we go to verse 11. What were they hearing them say? you might ask, verse 11. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. In other words, the focus of what, would, what they were witnessing was worship was, was going up and it was declaring the glory and the greatness of God. There was worship going up that was declaring the wonders of the glorious nature of our God. Now notice with me please that the Holy Spirit was poured out on all of them, not just the prophets or the priests, or the, or, or the leaders, but all the men, all the women, all the children, all the young people that were present. So we can see that the first thing the Bible records is the now-filled believers begin to worship and declare the glory of God. Why don't we do that right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I will celebrate, I will celebrate, sing unto the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. I will 
Do the rest of it with my heart rejoicing within, with my heart focused on him, with my hands raised to the heavens, all I am worshiping him. Amen, amen, amen. It's a new song. Not gloom and doom and sorrow and sadness on me, but praise God, I will celebrate what the Lord has done. He's given me a new song. So the first detail of what it means in worship to to declare the glory of God is to worship the Lord with the spirit that he's filled us with, but it's also to minister to the world, to minister to the world. In Acts 2, People are wondering, what has happened? What's going on here? And Peter begins to explain the meaning of what they have seen and heard and what's going on in that atmosphere. And we note the response of the the gathered crowd. In Acts 2, verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they asked Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They had just heard the truth of God's love for them and that a Savior had come and died for them on the cross. And they knew that the Holy Spirit had prompted a response, and they didn't know what that was. What shall we do? There was, a, there was a panic. There was something happening inside. They said, we must do something, but what is it we should do? And Peter replies, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off and for all whom the Lord our God will call. You know, that that includes you and me tonight. For you and I and our children and those who are far off, those that are to the ends of the earth. And tonight, all over the world, God is honoring his promise to fill people with his holy power. Verse 40, with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. In other words, the power of the Holy Spirit so on display convinced people of their need of the Holy Spirit and of, their, of giving their, heart, their hearts to Christ. And when they did, 3,000 came to the Lord. Out of the inflowing of the Holy Spirit flows a burden for the world. You go, well, I want power in my life for my, my purposes, for my, for my life to make my... No, no, the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit and the outpouring of the Spirit is to create within us a sensitivity to what God sees when he walks into a crowd, what God sees when he looks at the world, what God feels when he senses those people all around us that are broken and bleeding. 
Without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you and I will be limited in our ministry and our ability to make a difference in the world. In Romans chapter 8, what a beautiful passage of Scripture this is. It provides keen insight into what the details of the baptism are all about. Verse 26 and 7, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. He's speaking of our weakness. He's speaking of, of things that we... <clears throat> physical, mental, and moral weakness that all of us have. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself or itself literally makes intercession <clears throat> for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, literally inarticulate speech. In other words, there's things that burden the heart of a person that you cannot fully express Sometimes people will come to an altar and say, I wish I could tell you what the burden is I'm facing. I, and they try and explain, or you might sit with someone in counseling or in a phone call, and they say, this is really complicated. It's very deep. It goes on and on. And, and they can't fully explain what it means. And we don't understand fully the burden that they might face, the connected dots, the historical aspects of that burden. And how in the world can you express what is, the, what is the cause of this pain and the, what has brought us to this point in life's journey? The Spirit helps us. Notice the word helps is plural. It's active tense. The Holy Spirit helps us, helps us. He ever helps us. And tonight, <clears throat> we understand how critical this is. He makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He literally prays through us. So when you pray in tongues to worship God, he is praying through you and directing your prayer in the perfect way for the burdens that you might face that you don't even know how those things have come about and the pressures that you bear. I just want to tell you, Jesus intercedes in heaven for us. He's ever interceding, but the Holy Spirit is within us, and He is interceding for us as we pray. And so, I want to remind you of the greatest aspect of the Holy Spirit baptism is that there is one who wants to pray through you every day. I, you know, Paul said, I, I thank God I pray in tongues more than you all. And, and you know, there's something very powerful in that. I encourage you to be a person who prays in tongues every day. Well, pastor, I don't do that yet. Well, thank God you're here in the right place tonight. And, you know, <clears throat> I believe that God knows exactly what you need, and I'm going to just take a rabbit trail here for a moment. In Acts chapter 10, I don't have the scriptures on the screen for you. In Acts chapter 10, Peter was speaking to the people, and the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the message. The, the Word of God is so powerful that there wasn't a prayer line, there wasn't, he just preached, and as he did, the Holy Spirit fell on these people. And what happened? What does that mean that it fell upon them? The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. They didn't think the Gentiles were worthy of having the Spirit baptized on them. You know, baptism, it was in early days of the New Testament church, and they were very sectarian at that time. And this is for us alone. And the Holy Spirit fell upon Jew and Gentile. For, how did they know that they'd been filled? 
Verse 46 said, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. I want to make it clear to you so you can understand that you've come to the right place to receive from the Lord. Even while we're sitting here under the sound of the word, the power and the authority of the word of God is able to just whoo, fall on you, strengthen you, bless you. Fill you with his power and presence. Somebody give him some praise tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does anyone know what 1 John 4, 4 says? Somebody quote it. Greater is he that is in you or in me than he that is in the word world. Praise God. Let's sing it tonight. I love singing the word. Greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Satan's like a roaring lion, roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour, the Bible tells us so. thank you that although everyone here has some kind of a battle they're facing, maybe many battles, many heartaches, many struggles of the flesh and the mind and emotion, thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit's presence within us is greater, hallelujah, greater than that attack we're facing, and we will not give in, we will not weaken, we just thank you, Lord, that because of your presence, we are overcomers, hallelujah. Sing the chorus one more time here. Greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is in me. I like the words of that song. I'm going to let the whole world know. Why not be an overcomer? Praise God. The reason God has given the Holy Spirit. But let's focus secondly tonight on the purpose of your ministry. The Bible teaches that every New Testament believer has a ministry. Every person has something that God has equipped you with that when it's developed and yielded to the Spirit of God, there's incredible strength and resource that God will be able to flow through you in. We're called, first of all, to be worshipers. We're called to be worshipers. 
1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, you also, like living stones, are being built. Did you see we haven't arrived yet? Bless God, I'm resting on my heavenly resting assurance, and that's just how I'm going to be. I'm not going to move. And No, we are being built. There's a master builder who's working in us and through us into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. What our priest's job to do? First job of a priest is to minister to the Lord. And we are called as believers a holy priesthood, a group that is called to give praises to the Lord. Hallelujah. Please don't come to church and say, I'm going to wait till the preliminaries are over. Worship is not preliminaries. What we do here is power. It's important. I hope you do it at home. I hope you do it during the day. I hope you're a worshiper through the day. Praise God. And what did he say? Our ministry is to offer spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through the Lord Jesus. For in the scripture it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a precious and chosen cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Who is that cornerstone? Somebody help me. It's Jesus. God has laid a cornerstone. The cornerstone is the most important stone in the entire building because it establishes many things, a declaration of the purpose of the building. It, it's a starting place for the rest of the building. It's, a, it's on solid footing. And Jesus is a select and precious cornerstone. And whoever trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Now, God won't make you turn your heart to him. He won't make you accept Jesus his, as, as your Savior. You have that privilege to decide for yourself. If I was the creator of the universe, I'd have done it different. I'd have made everybody worship. But you know the truth of it? One day, everybody will worship. The Bible says, one day, every knee shall bow and every tongue give glory to the Lord. I'd sooner do it you know, <laughs> happily and willingly instead of bow your knee, you infidel, and <laughs> worship me now because that's going to happen. It, and so it's, he said in verse 8, a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But now we see the contraction changing the theme of the, uh, of the sentence, but in opposition to those that are disobeying the message and have no interest in it. But you are a chosen people. In other words, a purchased people. You're a special people. That doesn't make us walk like, hey, I'm somebody special. You know, that, no, no, no. it's, it's a, a declaration of what God says you are. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Now, here's the important part that you may declare the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous, or this version says his wonderful light. He's brought you out for what reason? That you might declare the praises of him who's brought you out. So we're to see the stability. I, mean, I remember some years ago, our church was, was booming in, um, that we had pioneered in Virginia. It was a rural community. It became... Uh, we started with just a few people, and in, in, in just a few years, it became the largest church anywhere for several counties around. And they would have 
uh, kind of a gathering of all the people, an ecumenical gathering, and they asked me to speak at the, at the gathering, and there were these people sitting in the crowd. I'll never forget it. They were just like Christians, Christians, you know, so angry that a spirit-filled man had been selected to preach this ecumenical meeting, and they sat there. We are Baptists, we're Methodists, we're Episcopalians, and we don't smile and laugh for nobody. So see what you can do with us. They just sat there like that. And I just praise God, the joy of the Lord came in that place, and, and uh, we had a lot of fun that night. I'll never forget it. Praise God, praise God. So notice with me, He's brought you out of darkness. He's brought you out of the glooms, out of the dooms. He's brought us in to His wonderful, marvelous light. We are to see the stability and strength of standing, our standing in Christ. We're called together as a spiritual house. We're not one faction. Well, our people over here, this is our family, this is our group over here, and we're special. We don't talk, we don't fellowship with these people over here, and these people over here are older than us, and we don't have anything to do with them, and so we only just, this is our only group. This is all we care about. That's not what the Bible says. We're being built into a spiritual house. A spiritual house. In other words, everyone has something so special to add that when we look at it, we go, wow, look at what God is building. I'm thankful here at People's Church we're not into division of the house. If you're old, we don't have any, anything to talk to you about. Let me just tell you, spend some time with some of our older saints, and uh, you'll find a lot of depth and dignity and truth. You'll find how God has met them. Enlarge your, enlarge your group that you associate with. So we're called together as a spiritual house, fashioned by God, fitted by the wisdom of God. We are not called to have our name on a roster just to sit on a, on a shelf somewhere. Amen. We are set apart by God for the purpose that he has ordained. What is it? In verse 5, we're being built as worshipers. Worshipers. We're being built into a spiritual house. Then down in verse 9, we're a chosen people, ordained to declare the praises of him who's brought us out of darkness. You know, darkness was our status. We didn't know Christ. We didn't know Jesus. We were outside the household of faith. The Bible said we were all that way at one point. But when the kindness of Jesus appeared, not by works that we have done, but according to his mercy... He saved us. Our situation away from God, with all respect, is we're empty and lost. I saw a bumper sticker said, not everyone who wanders is lost. Well, bless our darling hearts. Let me just remind you that the wisdom of the world is foolishness before God. And I'm not one who goes around to someone who is yet to receive Jesus and kind of give them criticize them or anything like that. I just want them to see the love of Jesus, that Jesus loves them just like they are, and he's wanting them to come to him. And you may be here tonight away from God, or you may be watching tonight, and you don't know Christ. I want to tell you that he loves you. He's for you, and he wants to change things. But he called us out of darkness. He called us out of the world, out of hopelessness, out of fear. I just want to tell you tonight, People who have washed, been washed in the blood of Jesus are considered redeemed, purchased of God. Let's sing about that tonight. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> 
Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and I just want to remind you that we don't want to be on the outside looking in. I don't want you to sit in the sound of of God's Word for one more minute in this service without knowing Jesus as your Savior. Is there somebody, are there several people here tonight who would like to receive Jesus and to be washed in the blood tonight? and to be redeemed. I want to just give everyone an opportunity. I, I know many of, most of you, but maybe there's somebody here who's away from Jesus tonight. This is the golden moment. We're talking about what it means to be redeemed, to be a part. Praise God. Praise God. We've been chosen, verse 9. The word chosen, interesting word, eclectos. It means singled out for one's self. So God has drawn you and me to himself for his purpose, not mine, not yours, but his purpose. What is his purpose? Let me circle the field one more time, verse 9. We've been chosen that we might declare the praises of him who's called us out of darkness into his light. So the altar of our heart where all the action happens in your life, in your present, and your future, should be flowing without ceasing in praise to the Lord. I don't want one hour to pass in my life without my saying, Jesus, I worship you, I praise you, and even sing whatever song might come to my heart. Not one hour to pass. May the Lord help us. Verse 5 calls it a spiritual sacrifice. So let us learn to focus our lives in a primary manner to worship and glorify the Lord. But we're also, we've also been touched by the Holy Spirit, and we are called to be kingdom builders. Kingdom builders. Some people come to church, I just want to see my friends. That's all we live for. Sing a couple songs, 
Jot a couple notes down, be with my friends. Let me just remind you that our purpose is God's purpose. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I love the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people who are his very own, eager to do what is good. One day, Jesus will come. I believe that day is coming soon. I believe he's coming soon. So believers are to long for the return of Jesus. Do you long for his return? Do you want to see Jesus? I mean, there's a lot of loved ones that I want to see. I want to see all kinds of, my mom and dad, I want to see my grandparents, I want to see Bonnie's daddy, I want to see our, our granddaughter. I want to see a lot of people that I've loved and, and have influenced us. But the one I really want to see is Jesus. John 14, verse 1, Jesus said, Do not let your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you back with me that you might be where I am. The hope of the church, the blessed hope, is that Jesus is coming. I hope you're not so in love with this world that you can't say, my real goal is I want to go to heaven and I want to take as many people as I can with me. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing about that for, the, for a moment. Marvelous message we bring Glorious world we sing, wonderful word of the King, Jesus is coming again, coming again, coming again, maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe
again. Oh, what a wonderful day it will be. Jesus is coming again. Thank you, Jesus. Evermore, come, Lord Jesus. If you were come this week, may all of us be ready to meet you. May everyone in our families be ready to meet you. Thank you for giving us a burden to be all about your work and your business in these hours. Knowing that the return of the Lord is at hand, we're called to live self-controlled, upright, and godly. That's what Titus 2.12 said. So our goal is to live for Jesus, influence as many as we can, make a difference in the world. That's why the Holy Spirit has been given. I'm going to, we're going to take just a moment and I'm going to pray for people that would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight. I'd like everyone to just take a moment. We're going to stand. The service is not over yet. We're going to take a few more minutes. But if you'd like to receive and you haven't received the Holy Spirit and you'd like to, I want to invite you to join us here at the altar. We're going to take a moment and we're going to pray for you. The Holy Spirit has already been given. And so he's here for us. Praise God. Let's stand together and we'll just uh, anticipate the moving of God's Spirit among us. Thank you, Lord, for bringing anyone who desires to be filled with your Spirit just now to receive what you have for them. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you want, if you want him, just come. Just come. Okay, Betty, I'm going to pray for you. Are there others? Sure, there's others. I'm going to just pray for you. I just want to give you a word of instruction. The Holy Spirit's already been given. You don't have to tarry. You don't have to beg. You don't have to plead. Because he's been given, all you have to do is receive. Just to receive. And part of receiving is say, thank you, Lord. I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit in my heart, in my life, and I want it now. Now, here's what will happen. Nobody will speak for you. You've got to speak for yourself. And the manifestation of the baptism is that we speak in other tongues. And that means there'll be a different language coming out of you. Not your mother tongue, but a different language. And when you feel the impulse, or you feel something moving inside, you just you want to express that. So you want to open your mouth. I've never seen one person filled with the Holy Spirit with their mouth shut. So you open your mouth and you begin to worship God. And as you do that, he's going to fill you. And all you have to do is say, thank you, Lord. So by faith, right now, let's just say it together. By faith, I receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you're good for your promise. And I'm going to receive right now. I'm going to receive right now. The usual way that people in the New Testament were filled where there were hands laid upon them and someone laid hands on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, and they received. As I said to you earlier from Acts chapter 10, even while the word is being declared today, the Holy Spirit is ready to fall on people. Some of our pastors are going to come and stand behind you. We're going to just pray. No one's going to, you don't have to, while your eyes are closed, think someone's going to crowd your space or anything. We're just going to pray for you. And we're just going to say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, receive. My sister, receive right now. Just open your mouth and begin to worship God. Just begin to worship Him. In the name of Jesus, receive. 
In the name of Jesus, receive. Just open your mouth and begin to worship Him. He's going to give you a heavenly language. He's going to give you a new language to pray Him, praise Him, to worship Him. In the name of Jesus, receive. In the name of Jesus, receive. In the name of Jesus, receive. Just open your mouth. Begin to worship God. Begin to worship Him. He's going to give you a heavenly language. Thank you, Lord. Receive. Receive right now. Receive right now. Receive right now. Just begin to magnify Him. Receive, receive right now. Receive, receive, receive right now in Jesus' name. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. He coranda taranda dia tanda rabo sandara dia tanda boko. He rianda tarabo sondaigata. Glory to God. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you take a moment, all of you around there? We're not going to interrupt them. There, many of them are received already. Why don't you just take a moment and just worship the Lord in, the, in that heavenly language that God has given you? Just worship Him. Let, let yourself be refreshed in His presence tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for filling each one. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for filling every one of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you glory, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for filling us tonight. Thank you, Jesus. You are so worthy of our praise. Fill us full of your power and your presence, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that we'll make a difference in this world for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. How thankful I am for God honoring the request of these people who have received, received. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready in just one minute? For the last song, are you ready in just one, in just one minute? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you believe that God is moving in our midst here tonight? He's doing things that only He can do. He's filling people. He's satisfying the longing of our heart. He's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. We've come to honor Him and to give Him glory. Let's sing about that before we leave this place tonight. God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
you're working, you're working. Thank you for these have come tonight, Lord. So many have been filled. Thank you, Lord. Just keep praising Him, keep worshiping Him in that new tongue that God has given you. He will bless you and satisfy your heart in so many ways. Now, Lord, we thank you for this privilege we've had to gather in this house tonight. We've sung your promises. We've declared your truth. We've experienced your presence. You've honored your word. You've satisfied people by filling them. You've lifted our hearts tonight. You've strengthened us. You've focused our energy. You've given us direction from your word. We thank you, Lord, for this privilege to be here tonight. We pray your hand of protection to be upon each one, to watch over every home that's represented. Lord, for those that are watching online, thank you that even those have been able to enter in and enjoy the precious baptism and the Holy Spirit. Tonight, we want to thank you for all you have done. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being a worshiper, to being someone who's been ordained, praise God, to give praise to you. That's what our job is as believers, to praise you morning, noon, and night, and then in heaven forever and ever. Praise God. So we look forward to what you're going to continue to do among us. Let your will be done, and we thank you, and thank you, and thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We just give you glory for your presence here this evening. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done among us. Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, the Lord bless you. Thank you for being here tonight, and we look forward to seeing you soon. May the Lord continue to prosper you in every way. God bless you.